Hey guys, this is episode 133 of the Crowdfunding Uncut podcast. It is our second from last podcast under the Crowdfunding Uncut series ever. We are doing this because we are releasing a new brand and a new podcast to drop on May 15th. To find out more and get notified when that goes live, be sure to head over to kirsten.com and join the mailing list. And all new resources and blogs and uh I guess podcast will be published on the kirsten.com domain to spell that it's K H I E R S T Y N.com. And apart from that, I wanted to cover in episode 133, it's a reprise of a, like one of our top 10 episodes, which is a theme that we've been doing for the last nine episodes with that. So Tim Moser is he um, uses giveaway contests to build up a engaged following that is hungry to buy on day one. And he's used this for his personal Kickstarter campaign when he released his, his book, but also um, during like through um, other product launches that were not on Kickstarter. It was more like private through his own uh, email list, like you guys see me doing sometimes. So I think that this is really intuitive and he goes into a lot of the psychological uh, marks and things that we want to hit on when facilitating a really good giveaway contest that gets people engaged. And apart from that, let's dive into episode 133. Welcome to Crowdfunding Uncut. This is the place where incredible project creators show you how they launch their products online using the world's largest crowdfunding engines such as Indiegogo and Kickstarter. I want to welcome a good friend that I met at Tropical Think Tank. You're going to notice a common theme in some of the last podcasts I've done have included people that I have met at that conference because it was awesome. And Tim is a bit different. Again, not exactly crowdfunding related, but he was telling me some of the numbers that he was doing with some of his own product launches online. And he has a really awesome tactic that is going to really help you get those big numbers on day one, which you know is huge for crowdfunding because the success of your launch does depend on how quickly you get out of the gates. And Tim is an author, he's a full-time entrepreneur and founder of Master of Memory. It's a leading online accelerated learning center. He currently has what, three active podcasts? Yes, three active. Wow. I can barely keep up with one. Um, (laughs) But he he has one called Accelerated Spanish, where he applies advanced learning techniques to languages and also inspires empowered listeners to achieve fluency in a language for free. So, Tim, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So whereabouts are you? At right the now? moment, I'm about in San Francisco. So just kind of uh, checking out this city and loving it. Do you actually live somewhere? Because you're always traveling. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I've never really thought about that. Do I live somewhere? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much always just kind of bouncing between cities. I, since everything I do is online, since my business is online, I can run it from pretty much anywhere I am. And the peop- I actually tallied this up recently. I have people working for me in seven different countries. And so location doesn't matter so much in this sort of new this new economy here. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, if I didn't love cold weather so much, I'd probably be joining you. But (laughs) I I do I do my own traveling as well. But uh, Toronto has not been the warmest so far this spring. 
Yeah, I uh, I saw a picture that you posted recently about that. You're, you're getting snow in uh, April. In April, nice. Yeah, it's it's partially melting today. We're above freezing, but um, yeah, go Canada. Awesome. So why don't we before we get into launch strategy and like tactics, I want to give the audience a bit more sense of who Tim is and what your business is all about. So can you bring us back? Um, just tell us first question is what exactly is master of memory? And number two, how did you get into that? So yeah, master of memory is a place where people can learn about accelerated learning specifically, or, you know, most specifically memorization. So learning tactics for basically, you know, people don't like memorization. So if you can make this process of memorizing information easy, then it allows you to focus more on other stuff. Like, uh, you know, if you can remember someone's name pretty effortlessly, or if you can learn vocabulary in a new language without too much trouble, then you can focus on how to use that vocabulary or getting to know that person instead of remembering their name. And so basically Master of Memory happened where I was looking up information about how to memorize things and I found that there was really no good center on the web for how to do this stuff. There are forums and things like that. So I thought, well, I'll just be the one to create that. And it kind of blew up since then with a very popular podcast uh, and a really successful course on learning Spanish. And so, you know, it kind of just grew out of this idea for creating a central place for people to learn about accelerated learning. And then the Spanish course has had, you know, really interesting success with uh, lots of testimonials in Spanish, actually, from my students and that just kind of has gone a lot further than I expected. And so the focus on Spanish was never the idea, although that's kind of how things have gone in the last couple of years. Okay. And do you sell anything? Because you provide a ton of free resources, but mm-hmm. what is what does your business look like in the back end? So you have one mega course. Um, mm-hmm. Do you sell any other info products? Yeah, good question. I don't sell info products because we just my brand identity is to keep all the information free. But what I do sell are coaching programs and email courses. So people will sign up to get, let's say, the low level version of the course, which is with email support. So they're paying a membership fee to be in you know, this private group and to get email support from native speakers for $67 a month or $87 a month. And then there's the high-end course, which is several thousand dollars. And that's where we give them unlimited support and practice for several months. So that's what I sell. Essentially, my large audience is basically getting things for free. And then my trick or my job is to filter that large free audience into a paid audience that's much smaller which is conversions and launching products and and stuff which we will get into i'm curious accelerated learning how did you get into that as like people sometimes ask me how can you get paid to give advice for crowdfunding campaigns so i'm kind of direct that back to you and how did you get into accelerated learning as a specialty like yeah it was gonna be just a hobby you know like a lot of people who uh who are in online business they've been listening to podcasts about uh, you know just basically how to do business online and i thought oh wow here is a place where people are searching for information about memorization and there's no site for it maybe i'll just throw up a little information on a website and the fact is that i'd always been a learner like i've i'm always learning new stuff and i'm always 
memorizing information and trying to be a resource is just part of who I am. And so it, was, it just it just made sense for me. But the way that it became a business was I thought that, you know, I thought that I'd just create a little website with maybe some advertising or something and make myself $100 a month or whatever. And that's definitely not what ended up happening. How quickly did you monetize? It was, I think, three months. Whoa. Okay. Oh, well, you know, okay. there, there was actually a pre-launch process before that, so I shouldn't say that. Yeah, it was probably about five months after I started working on the website that I started making money. Okay, wow. And was this through advertisers or? No, it was through selling my course. Okay, wow, I never never did any advertising in the end. Yeah, I find that a lot of the bloggers I've spoken to, the very first thing they think of is get paid um, people to pay for real estate on their site. And then they realize that that quickly isn't in alignment with the look and image of their brand that they want. So then they f try to figure out, okay, how do I get to affiliates or mm -hmm. selling something else? And, and I feel that the people who have the safest business model online are the ones that create their own brand and their own info or their own products. Yeah, I really think so. I'd rather, I'd rather sell my own stuff and, you know, make the money for myself, uh, than sell somebody else's thing. Cause it's, you know, you never can be a hundred percent, in line or you never know if you're a hundred percent in line with someone else but guess what you're a hundred percent in line with yourself so if you're selling something that you've created yourself or a service that you yourself provide it just makes a lot of sense and i have i think two friends who back in the what 10 years ago before i was online um they made a ton of money from affiliate sales but then google changes their algorithms or whoever their affiliate that owns this product, if they stop selling, there goes your whole income. Exactly. You have to be providing unique value. You have to be creating something real, not just, uh, I don't know, you know, being the middleman that kind of finds a hack to get something from one person to another is so much less valuable than someone who's creating something new, you know, whether that's a new invention or a new piece of, you know, information or strategies or even coaching that they can't get from anyone else. If you're the one providing the real value, then people are going to flock to you no matter what else happens. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's where we are going to get into some of the tactical stuff with how to have a big launch. And I really, what I really love about Tim's approach here is that he focuses on a big first day. And with crowdfunding, from what I've seen, uh, from having a campaign that failed to one that was, you know, very successful, the biggest emphasis was on the difference in those first one to three days. And it makes sense. The faster you move on a platform early on, the higher up you get bumped on the site. And if you want to know how to get to front page, Amazon, Reddit, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, it's it's a popularity contest. So if you can prove to get big sales numbers as quickly as possible, being the first day, that is going to skyrocket your campaign to bigger levels of success. And so part of how to have a really big first day is in the pre-launch. Now, don't make the biggest mistake that crowdfunding campaigns make, which is launching without an audience. You cannot launch on Kickstarter and just assume that people will flock to you because they have an audience already. It's up to you to do the legwork. And part of 
how you do a big pre-launch is in using, uh, building up an email list and engaging that list. And Tim has done that successfully countless times with the tactic that we're now going to get into. So Tim, I'm wondering like this strategy that focuses on a big first day, how did you come across it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I actually, so I've done several launches of my Spanish course because we can't just leave it open. We kind of have to do it in classes generally. And so each time that I do that, I'm trying new tactics. And I suddenly started trying this thing, which is where I do a giveaway. And essentially, I would get people excited about the day that I open the doors to my course and let people enroll, which means pay me money, uh, you know, get them excited about that day. But the way that I would do it is that's the day that I would do a random drawing to give the course away to somebody, which is a big deal because it's an expensive course. It cost me a lot of money to give it to, away to somebody. But the fact is that when I did that, people got so excited and were looking forward to that day, putting it on their calendars, watching their email very actively and going, when is Timothy going to send another message about this giveaway? And so it got people so excited about that day that they took huge action on that day. Whether it was just, you know, drawing attention to the course, you know, hel helping other people to see it or buying it themselves on that day, regardless of whether or not they won the course. So that it kind of happened in an evolution. And when you talk about the pre-launch of a campaign, I think that people tend to overrate the time that a campaign is running or that a course is open or whatever it is. Let's say, you know, let's say you're selling something completely different. You're selling a physical product. And like you said, you try to put that out on Kickstarter or Indiegogo and you have no audience. Well, that's not going to be very popular. It's like walking into a party and having no friends. If you walk into the party and you already have a bunch of friends with you, then more people are actually going to hang out with you because you have sort of that social proof already. You have people around you and people go, oh, it must be a cool person. And so they'll walk up to you. So if you actually, I'm, you know, if you have a bunch of people who are getting messages from you, reading about your product, and you're actually focusing on them before you even start your Kickstarter or Indiegogo project, then what happens is, you know, all those people who buy on day one of that thing will suddenly give you access to the larger audience that's out there on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Yeah. And if we go through this, um, you see a lot of social media contests or a contest online. It's not as simple as putting up a landing page and advertising saying, hey, we're giving this away this free product. Sign up to our email list. It's not that easy because mm -hmm. once you do that, if you have a month or sometimes two months with these product launches where you have to, like if, if I sign up for a contest now for a product launching in two months, I will have forgotten about that contest because life gets in the way. So yeah. the trick is what happens behind the scenes after they opt into the email list. And this is where we get into the term engagement. And this is, uh, you can measure it with numbers, but I'd love to get into how do you keep people excited waiting up until that day where you launch right so you say like if the thing is two months away even if it's two weeks away i would say people are going to forget about it i forget about things that are two days away so it, you know when they sign up for that the first thing that they should see and there are you know various ways to do this depending on how you're getting people's emails but uh you put a message right there that says check your email 
and there will be an immediate way to double your chances. So that perks people's attention. They go, oh, wow, I can get two entries in this contest. So the first thing they'll, de they'll do is they'll open their email, and I get like 90% of the people who sign up for my giveaways end up reading their email, and about 50 or 60% respond to that email, which is a, a really high rate of response. But what that, the reason for that is I tell them, if you respond to this email, then I'll give you another entry in the contest. All you have to tell me is, you know, something related to what I'm selling. And for me, it'd be, you know, just tell me why you're wanting to learn Spanish. So that gets people, it doesn't just help make sure that their attention stays high and they read their emails. It actually gets them more excited about what they're, what's being released to them. And then, well, that's not the only thing that I do because I also tell them in that email, look, you need to continue to read your emails and there'll be more and more ways to increase your entries. And so people get, you know, even more excited about that. And I continue to offer those opportunities as time goes by. I'll tell them, hey, look, you know, the, the launch is only two weeks away. Or I don't say launch, I say drawing. Because the idea is that I'll do a, a random drawing of, you know, who's going to win the free course. And so I say, look, it's two weeks away. You can get five extra entries in the contest if you, uh, you know, look through this vocabulary list and tell me which words you don't know. Actually giving them hard work like that to do makes them even more engaged. So this obviously has to be customized to whatever your product is. But basically giving them just ways to engage with you, ways to send you, like literally send you emails saying why they need the course or why they need the product. And it just gives, you know, raises the value. This is a psychological tactic. The more that they've invested into what you're launching, the more excited they get about it and the more likely they are to buy on launch day. Now, you're not necessarily saying that you're going to make them buy because you get them you know, excited about the launch day as a drawing. But then when the launch day comes around, you give them an extra way to get even more entries if they buy. And so that's kind of the idea. You get them all there live, and there are ways that we can do that that we can talk about. But basically, you get them all together sort of in one place at the same time, not physically, but online, and you do the drawing. But first, you give them an opportunity to buy your thing since it just went live. And since they're all there at that one time ready to do the drawing, then they're going to be very likely to buy. And if they do, that's a huge number of people buying right there at the exact moment that you want them to do it on day one of your campaign, which then thrusts it into the sort of, you know, the basically gets the attention of Kickstarter or Indiegogo because of how many people are buying at once. Exactly. And so once you do, I'm just wondering, when I think of all these double entries and get keeping track of all that, do you, how do you, what are some tools you use to keep track of all that admin yeah, that's the uh, that's the hassle of it. And I've had assistants doing things like this, but it can be as simple as just having a spreadsheet with an email address. You want a unique identifier and you, an email address works very well. And then just you just copy that email address on different rows of the spreadsheet, uh, you know, with the reason for their entry. So like there'll be one row that'll say, you know, uh, Kirsten at KirstenRoss.com. And the next column says reply to original email. She got this extra entry because she replied to the email. 
And then it's pretty easy. You just randomize the spreadsheet and you pick a random number, uh, literally random. You, you want to be fair, but you pick a random number and the people who have more entries because they've been more, more engaged are going to be more likely to be picked because their name is in that spreadsheet more times. So it can be as simple as that. You don't need any special technology. You don't need to do these, you know, necessarily these online giveaway services because you're creating your own custom giveaway that really makes sense for your own audience. And it's not way too hard to do. Yeah. So I'd love to talk now about the concept of a live giveaway. Mm -hmm. So how do you on day one of launch is when you do the giveaway and for crowdfunding, it would make sense to do this within the first few hours, like very, very quickly mm -hmm. after you've launched. Um, how do you do a live giveaway? Let's say that you're giving away or let's say that your crowdfunding campaign is July one to July 31. So that's the time that you have to fund your project. So you tell them from the very beginning, the live drawing is going to be on July 1. Now, if they get that email on you know, May 15, they might go, wow, that's so far in the distance. But fortunately, you've kept in contact with them and actually have been getting messages from them. So they're getting more and more excited about it. Then the few days leading up to July 1, which is when it's going to go live, you tell them you know, on July 1 at 5 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to do a live online drawing. And it's going to be via webinar so that you get them all onto a webinar. And I've used something as simple as, you know, Google Hangouts on air, which is free. And I combine that with lead pages. But there are plenty of services out there. Just get a webinar service, send that out to them 15 minutes before 5 p.m. on that day or whatever time, you know, your campaign went live. And then on that sort of, you know, webinar You'll have all these people who are, you know, just sitting there waiting to see if they won. And you tell them everybody has a chance, you know, to, to win the course. You can increase your chances. You can get 50 more entries if you buy the product right now. And maybe what you're giving away, and these are just, you know, various thoughts. Again, it's 100% up to your own product. But let's say that you have your product on Kickstarter and it's $10. But you also have one of these big rewards on Kickstarter for, mm, who knows, you know, up to $500. And you tell them, look, if you buy the $10 version of the product, then you'll get 50 extra ent entries in the contest and are going to be that more likely to win this big reward for $500, which is what we're giving away for free. And so you only have to give one of those away, but you get all these people buying your product all at the same time, which obviously gives Kickstarter that message. But you tell them that, and then you do the random drawing, and just legally, you do have to make sure that you give people who didn't buy a chance, because that's you know why people say no purchase necessary, because that's actually a law. You can't, you can't restrict the giveaway to people who bought. Yeah, but so you give, them. Yeah, yeah, you give everybody a chance. But obviously, with more entries, the people who bought are much more likely. Yeah, no, I love that. And so how long would these webinars last? I mean, would one webinar be? Yeah, I, I usually do just 30 minutes. So I'll talk for like 10 minutes about the course or whatever I'm offering. And then I'll give people an opportunity. I'll tell them, you know, the reason that we're increasing your chances like this is because I'm really interested in people who are very serious about this. I don't want to work with people who just kind of bought it randomly. I like the fact that you're engaged. So 
uh, I'm giving you an opportunity to buy and really prove to me that you're this committed to the course or to, you know, your success with learning Spanish. And then they, you give them about 10 minutes to take that action, pull out their credit cards and buy, which, you know, they'll do pretty readily. And then the last 10 minutes are you do the random drawing, you know, you add all those entries for the people who bought, which, you know, you have to be able to figure that out. You want to be ready to do that on the fly is see who bought and add entries for them. And then do the drawing with your picking a random number and then announce the winner and then just take a few minutes for Q&A. So it can be about 30 or 45 minutes. I like that. Okay. And now a few things that because we have a bit of a drawn out launch with crowdfunding, um, you wouldn't just send emails that only say increase your chances because those are a bit spammy. So mm-hmm. I um, I know that you're also the, the type of guy that likes to give value to anyone on your list and who's opted into something. So what kinds of content do you send out to help them like stay engaged with the contest if it's not just numbers? Yeah, good question. So basically what I do is that, yeah, I'm not just saying, hey, increase your chances because that's very, it turns people off. The titles of my messages are more, you know, the, let's see, basically since my field is Spanish, I'm going to apply it to that, but try to imagine how you would apply it to your own sort of, you know, campaign, whatever you're doing. Uh, let's see. So first of all, I my first email says Spanish giveaway. Just makes it very clear because that's exactly what they signed up for. It's congruent. But then second, I say, you know, Spanish assignment. And so what I've sent out is a message that gives them a homework assignment. It makes them do a little bit of work, which is, you know, it it basically gives them an article to read, which I've written, and it allows them to give me feedback. And then I actually personally go through all of those emails and respond to them myself. And that's just, that's value for people because I'm giving them help and I'm giving them advice. I'm not just saying, yeah, you should buy my course. I'm saying, you know, oh, cool. In your situation, it looks like you need to work on X, Y, and Z. And people really appreciate that. The fact that you know, somebody is personally responding to them. And so these giveaways, I can't do them too often because they're really, uh, <laughs> they take me a lot of work. I'm sending out hundreds and hundreds of emails in the space of a few weeks. But it's cool because it's where I'm actually giving away the most value uh, despite the fact that, you know, I'm basically wanting people to buy something. I'm actually, you know, a lot more people, let's say out of 100 people who are getting these emails and doing these assignments and getting this value from me and really learning a lot, the fact is that about 10% will end up buying, which is a good rate, but about 10% will end up buying on that launch day. And the rest of them have just gotten all that value for free. So nobody's losing. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of how we can apply a homework assignment to crowdfunding. Do you have like a, a end goal of what the point of the homework assignment is? Right. So for me, yeah, the point for me of the homework assignment is to get people excited about the product. So for me, I call them homework assignments because I'm in learning and I'm in teaching. If you're in a physical product, like let's say you uh, you have a toothbrush that you're selling, then the things that people that would engage people would be very different. You're not, 
you know, necessarily teaching them things, but you are trying to solve their problems. So the problem that I'm solving is ignorance or not knowing a language. But the problem that you're solving with, if you're in dental care, is a very different problem. And so you give people resources, ways to save money on products that they're buying, uh, whether from you or from someone else. You're, it's completely custom and it's 100% dependent on what it is that you're selling. But there are ways to get people, and I'm sure that everybody who's listening who has their own product is thinking, yeah, what, uh, you know, may have some ideas about what you would send mes- messages about. And honestly, a great way to find out about this is to look at any messages. If you have an audience, if you have people that you email and you've gotten any questions from them, then you can just very simply take the questions that people ask you the most and basically give them answers to those questions and even customized, you know, solutions to those questions with your own answers during this period. You just have to be ready to give more than you've ever given for free during this period. And then people will be very willing and very likely to reciprocate when that launch date happens and buy whatever your product is. So I'm going to play devil's advocate because I know the answer to this question, but what if you give away so much free stuff? What is there going to be to buy? Like, why would someone want to buy something off you when you're giving away a ton of value for free? One of the first rules of persuasion is reciprocation. And what that means is if you give people stuff, they're going to want to give something back to you. In reality, you know, uh, so my, my own principle is always to give something away for free if I can. There are some things that I can't give away for free, like, in my case, Spanish coaching. If you're selling a physical product, you physically cannot give that away for free because it costs you something to give it away. But what you can give away is information. You can give away a little bit of your time to each person. You can invest yourself, and that does not make it less likely that people will buy your thing that you know really does cost you. They will be much more likely to buy it. Great. And if you don't have an audience, a really good way to find out what that question or that pain point is, is to go into forums and online communities like uh, Reddit subreddits and see what people are talking about or even identifying a similar campaign or similar product that's been launched online and see what is happening in their comment section. Mm -hmm. That would, yeah, because you just, and another, another idea is even to go to Amazon and look for reviews of things that are similar to yours and you can you can uh, see what people are complaining about. That's another thing that I've done. Uh, you'll find a lot of common threads in reviews of products or books or on your subject or whatever that uh, ask all these questions. Use those exact words that they're using in their two and three star reviews and solve those problems. Yeah, I love that. Great. So what I'd love to know is how does somebody get in contact with you or find out more about what Tim Moser is up to? Sure. So you can go to masterofmemory.com, which is my main hub on the web. Basically, all of my learning stuff is out there. And again, everything I do, uh, you know, all the information is free. And if you want to talk to me, I'm very accessible. I'd love to chat with anybody in your audience. I know there, uh, you know, you have some amazing people out there and I'd love to get in contact with any of you and help you with anything I can. Just email me at timothy at masterofmemory.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure to put those links and email in the show notes. So it's been great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Kirsten. It's an honor. 
That wraps up episode 133 with Tim Moser. Guys, we have one episode left of Crowdfunding Uncut, and then we are dropping the new brand and the new podcast on May 15th. I can't reveal details yet, but if you go to kirsten.com, you will get notified of the new brand and get also notified how to subscribe to the new podcast when it airs. It is going to be... Um, crowdfunding of course but we are expanding our reach a little bit into more e-commerce and product launches because the focus is going to be how to use kickstarter and what i've used and really learned from kickstarter launches to facilitate really powerful and strong product launches that allow you to build seven figure brands so i can't wait to find out more, go to kirsten.com. Again, that's K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N.com. And apart from that, I cannot wait for this last episode. Um, it's going to be a good one. So take care, guys. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.